0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another breakdown bonus episode. I'm here with coworker Justin, who says he hasn't cried in 15 years.
1: There was a 15 years time frame where I don't think I cried. I can't think of a time I did.
0: 15 years? From
1: like middle school to like the end of college, I don't think I did. And that's not me trying to like, I'm not saying it in a bragging way. I just don't actually think I did. And more recently have been becoming a more in touch with my emotions I guess mm-hmm. we could say.
0: No, I brought that up because I felt like this episode was all about men becoming in touch with their emotions yep. and learning how to communicate their feelings. I was just listening to this TikTok. It's gone viral so if you're on TikTok, you've probably seen it but it was this guy who was going up to all these college age men he was like, when was the last time yeah. you cried? And all of them said when their dogs died and I was <laughs> like is that really what it takes? Is someone to die for you to cry? Well,
1: you heard the guy in the episode. He was upset the dog wasn't around still. Oh, that's
0: true! <laughs> got <laughs> that I literally <laughs> ended on that note where he was like, "Sunshine, I miss her." I yeah, was like, I know, I would too if I had a scruffy little dog that I lived with for four years.
1: In none of my relationships were there pets, but I feel like that would make it the most like dicey for me. Is like, oh, am I gonna leave this person? I don't want to leave the dog or this cat. You know what I mean? I know mean? Like, when you
0: live together, it's yeah. like you're breaking up a family. Or
1: if you had a dog already and then they moved in with you, that's mm. still your dog. But if you got like a dog together and then you break up, that's when things get a little weird.
0: I know. He did say in this episode that she got the dog while she was with him, but they didn't get it together. Yeah, But to me, that's like basically the same thing.
1: To me, that would have been, because I'm crazy, that would have been first like, she's breaking up with me, red flag. She doesn't want to get this dog with me. She wants to get it separate from me, but we're together. Mm. That means she might have already been thinking.
0: Interesting. He said it was a green flag. He's like, I didn't know this about myself. Like, I, it didn't scare me that she yeah. got a dog while wow, she was with.
1: It's weird. Like, if we live together and then you're going to get a dog, but it's your dog, not our dog. I think that's healthy. I agree because you said, but again, it's healthy from the standpoint of if you break up, that dog goes with that person. Like you're already setting the tone for that, which then in my mind leads down the line of you're already thinking about breaking up with me or the potential of breaking up with me.
0: No, I think that's almost a level of protection because he could still very well break up with true. her. So it's like, well, if you break up with me, this is my this dog. This is
1: my dog. Yeah, I, I mean, that that is true. When I heard that, I was like, mm, that might have been a subtle something's going on sign.
0: Well, as a man who hasn't cried in 15 years, how do you feel like he handled- <laughs> Oh, cried kind of
1: recently. Oh, wait,
0: when did you cry?
1: Uh, I've been to a few weddings. You cry at weddings? Um, More recently, which I'll be able to explain later. But yes, more recently, I've been crying at weddings. And also the first time that really like broke the seal for me. Lexi would appreciate this so much. Was the fireworks in Disney the first time I went with Nicole? (laughs)
0: I will say it is pretty magical. When like, Lexi, it's, a, it's a whole thing. So a sidebar about Lexi is that when I first met her, she got this thigh tattoo and it's like this long quote. And I literally look at her. I'm like, oh, is that from like the Disney fireworks show or something? And she's like, yeah, how did you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly like a, what it is. She's like, it's from Happily Ever After. It makes me feel all the feelings. And I will say, I'm not like a big fireworks show person, but last time I was at Disney, I was like, wow, this really is like magical. Well, and they give a
1: <laughs> messaging. It's like you could be anything when it feels like a lot of times of the world, the world's being like, no. Oh, you're gonna be a POS all your life. Well so it's like, like
0: I, I can't be anything now I just spent five grand to be here for this Disney vacation.
1: Right I can't be anything but a couch potato for yeah. the next few months.
0: Um, So back on track of with how he handled this breakup like as a man who hasn't cried in 15 years have you ever handled a breakup this well or do you have friends that you feel like have handled a breakup with this amount of emotional intelligence? No. Uh- <laughs> I was gonna say I'm like uh, every time I've talked to one of my male friends about their breakups they always sort of turn things on the girl they're like she's dumb she's a whore and you know man. what's
1: weird the whole time I was listening I was like alright well what did she do wrong tell me what she d-. Yeah, like, I was waiting for him to say it because I wanted I was like I wanted him to say why she was wrong in this whole thing like and I don't know if that was just me like defaulting to like oh it's not the dude's fault <laughs> but I was thinking that the whole time I was like Misogyny, what did, Justin yeah.
0: doesn't think men me, man, we <laughs> never do wrong <laughs> <laughs> what did she do
1: <laughs> but obviously he, he never went that route and I think that shows he's in his younger 30s, I think in that specific example, it shows that he's older and more mature in that situation. Yeah, He's
0: also been to therapy, which I made sure to applaud him multiple times on that interview where but, I was like, that's incredible! Thank you for going to therapy! Yeah, well <laughs> listen, as
1: somebody who's been trying to convince himself to go for easily five years now, uh, I appreciated that.
0: Therapy really is great and I actually, I had a therapy appointment on Monday and I <laughs> my mental health has been great and literally I get on the call and so she goes, what should we talk about? And I was like, I don't know, everything's great. <laughs> it was like, and then I found myself thinking like, mm, I need my life to go bad so I can have another good therapy session because it really does feel good when you well, get off that call.
1: I think he said something along the lines of like, it's interesting to hear yourself say something that maybe you hadn't thought. Maybe you said it that way too. Or
0: Yeah, you have like an aha moment, especially yes. when you're on Zoom and you're looking at yourself and you're like, ah, I'm and, like watching the wheels turn.
1: And another thing he talked about with his buddies, they never really got that deep until after the breakup where they never asked each other how they were doing and stuff like that. And my friend group did go through a similar situation situation when our like really good friend passed away we were like surface level friends we hung out we drank together we went out it was fine but it was never like you started opening up it'd be like bro what the what are you doing like <laughs> sir, come, th- hey
0: save that for your girlfriend <laughs> Like, you know sir this is a Wendy's yeah
1: since then it's been more like hey you good all that stuff and I had that first time where I was talking to a buddy about just stuff that was going on and I said something out loud that I don't think I've actually ever thought but I said it and then I was like huh that does make sense you know and, and I'm like oh, okay So maybe that's that exact moment is therapy. And that's what somebody who can be trained to do Mm -hmm. can help you with.
0: Yeah. It's like verbal processing. Yeah. You're saying things out and then the wheels start turning and then you start thinking about things and you're like, oh my gosh. And then it starts to make sense. And then your friend says something, Mm -hmm. you bounce off of it. Yep. You're in your early thirties, like our interviewee from this week. Mm -hmm. And you're very open communicator. You're very emotionally intelligent, Justin. But would you say your friends, would you say guys in general, when they go through a breakup, do you guys come to each other or?
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I'll. T- like if one of my buddies got broken up with for the most part we're all married now so that would definitely warrant like a hey you doing all right you want to go get drinks How's you your wanna- divorce <laughs> yeah like you want to go get dinner like I, I you know I have a friend who's who's going through a, a divorce and from my understanding it, it's messy we meet up not that often and you know he sends me like reels and stuff and we talk I also don't want to ask about it too much because I don't want to be like the guy that's like oh give me the tea on you know what I mean like there's that fine balance that you want to mm-hmm. do or you don't want to bring I don't know if, if you are the escape from that, then you don't want to become the person that's not the escape anymore. So it's a fine line you kind of walk specifically with the divorce side of it.
0: I know that was something I appreciated towards the end of this episode because we talk a lot about women coming together and banding around each other and being each other's support system but to hear this guy going through a breakup and hearing that he does have friends that he Mm -hmm. has been able to dive deeper with. like I always do try to find the positive in the breakup story which might be annoying because sometimes when you're going through a breakup you just want it to suck. Yeah, you don't want to hear that. that
1: there's a positive thing in it. But
0: it's seems like a lot of his male friendships have been able to develop from this, which I think is a huge, huge plus. That's something that I appreciate with my female friends. When we're in a car for four hours, if we're on like a road trip, we will get weirdly deep. (laughs) Me and my friends just went to a wedding in Raleigh a couple months ago, and we were driving back from the wedding, and we just had seven hours to just babble. And the things I exposed to them, like I like forgot about, like I had buried them so (laughs) deep down. We're like, you know, on hour five, and I'm like, wait a second, I just confessed to them about that fanfic I wrote in third grade that I forgot about
1: guy trips aren't like that. The new Gale song, the FMK. A- 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 it's like oh. you're playing that. You'll be like, Jennifer Aniston, Megan Fox, and someone else. And then everyone's like, oh no, definitely you know, like that. <laughs> that's like a guy trip. I
0: mean, we do that. Then we also confess you know, our weird celebrity crushes from 8th oh, grade. <laughs> the main turning point in this story was that this breakup for him came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something we can really dive into because I mentioned this on the episode, but when women break up with their significant others, it's like we really been sitting on it for three months.
1: Yeah, you've been like hanging on to a few. The trend that I've seen going around actually on TikTok right now is like couples talking about things that they do that gives them the ick, which I hate the word ick to begin with, but that's the trend. Have you seen that yet? It's like I'm
0: not on married couple TikTok. <laughs> I'm
1: on I'm on a weird part of Dick, uh, TikTok.
0: Justin's on TikTok.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a weird part of TikTok that's like depressed <laughs> and then relationships. But the relationship ones are like, they pretty much have a list. Mm. They write down like two or three things that they don't like. that their significant other does. A lot of times it'll Mm -hmm. be like, I don't know, you leave your clothes out or stuff like that. But that's not an ick though. But like the one was so specific about this guy. I was so offended for him. She was like, when you call me into the room because you're doing good in a video game and you're like, babe, babe, come look at this. Come look at this. She goes, I have no idea what's going on. Stop calling me into the room. I was like, oh, that's not
0: an ick though. I've definitely seen TikToks about this where men were trying to reverse Uno Us and say things that women do that give them the the ick. But it wasn't, it it wasn't. wasn't the same yeah. thing like an ick is like you doing something and then us being like absolutely, absolutely not absolutely not I will not touch you <laughs> but something stupid like the way you hold a pencil <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. And but there were some things like that like there was one she's like when you're doing the dishes you whistle or something like no, that No, <laughs> that's
0: not the ick I think that's what the point of the TikTok was it was yeah. like these are things that like annoy guys or maybe they're turn offs but mm-hmm. an ick is not the same thing no. I mean it's a turn off it be deeper. worse it also has to be petty because a turn off could be like oh you're rude to wait staff yeah. that's not the same thing as an ick. Yeah. An ick is like your customer service voice. Like, you know, if you're on yes. the phone with like American yeah. Express, that would be an ick. I heard
1: uh, Nicole's like worker voice the other day for the first time. And I was like, who are you?
0: Boom. That would, that would be the <laughs> example of a male ick. Yeah. I wanted to ask if you have ever had a breakup that's come out of nowhere, kind of like this guy. And you're like, wait a second, you've been holding on to this for months. Uh,
1: the ones I've had, I've seen coming. We kind of talk about this, like most of my long-term relationships that have broken up, it's been because of distance Mm -hmm. so you kind of feel like when it's a distance breakup we were doing a lot of like skyping and facetiming once because because i'm so old back in the day we didn't we didn't have facetime i
0: had skype i'm not that much younger but we
1: but we would do that you know but it's like we used to do that every night and then it's like you do it once or twice a week and then you do it once a week and then you're not picking up and it's just a few texts and then it's like all right well what are we doing here you know Mm -hmm. so for the most part i saw them coming or knew it was gonna happen but i imagine getting like completely blindsided from a long relationship would really suck when I first heard that she had a list to me my first thought was communication issues why not bring those things up as they happened and it sounds like they were arguing so maybe those things did come up and it just kind of continued to sit unwell with her
0: he also brought up something that I think a lot of people can relate to and I honestly think it's the reason it came out of nowhere where Mm -hmm. it's sort of like these small things that add up to just sort of like a A gut feeling of like this isn't right that's hard to explain. It's like, there's nothing really wrong with you. It's not that I'm not attracted to you. It's just a bunch
1: of random little things. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: just don't feel like this is right. Mm -hmm. And that I think can be really hard to conceptualize or like make sense because it doesn't make sense because it's based off of a feeling. Or
1: if it's a whole bunch of little things, you may not even realize it Mm -hmm. until one little thing reminds you of the other little thing. And then you're like, oh my God, there's like a list of like 17 things that I don't like. So I I could see that too. And
0: suddenly you're four years into the relationship and you're like, I gotta get out of this. You know, there's nothing Wrong with you, but I just don't think that this is where my life is going. It,
1: it also sounded like the pandemic didn't help things, even yeah. though he said that they still had fun chilling at home, drinking and doing their thing. I don't know. Like then mm. you're then you really stuck. I know. I, I was worried about that. Like when we had to lock down, Nicole and I were good because both of us like we just like watching shows. I played mm. my video games in the other room when she wanted her alone time. Like we were good. We we kind of got each other's vibe, but it was one of those things where I was like, okay, Nicole and I work so separate hours that now we're forced to be with each other like 24-7. And again, with our job, I was lucky enough to still be allowed to leave the house to come mm-hmm. here for a lot of stuff. But we were still really, we saw each other a lot more than we were used to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this can either be a good thing or a bad thing. It ended up being a good thing for us. But in this scenario, maybe not as much.
0: That's actually something that my therapist brought up two sessions ago in therapy where <laughs> she was asking me about my romantic relationships and we were not on the topic. She just took like a hard right turn. <laughs> on like, you're like, Whoa. she was like, let's talk about your dating life. I'm like, let's not. Never. And she wanted me to recount the guy I dated a couple years back and she was like well what went wrong and I was like well it kind of ended out of nowhere but it was actually on his part where it ended up out of nowhere because I had this fear of doing what the girlfriend in this story did where you just kind of blindside someone because you you've been, yeah. Because I was experiencing what I think this girlfriend was experiencing where I kind of knew it wasn't right but mm-hmm. I liked hanging out with him so I didn't really want to like break things off so I was doing this thing where I was over communicating where I was like okay well I just wanted to let you know that, like this is how I'm feeling mm-hmm, and I don't mm-hmm. want to blindside you and you can see other people if you want and I honestly think it just got so annoying for him he was on like, top Whoa. of a couple other things one day he just like went MIA and yeah. I've never spoken to him since then
1: just ghosted
0: just ghosted Eating better is just one of the things that makes me feel better. And you know what also makes me feel better? Not having to clean up my kitchen when I just want to eat. This living alone thing is great until you realize you're responsible for all the cooking and cleaning around the apartment. And something that's been really helpful for me around mealtime is Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You've got over 35 different options to choose from each week, including calorie-smart, protein plus and keto. Each meal takes about two minutes to heat up and there are so many yummy options like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Also, you know I love an afternoon snack and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is also super flexible, so if you want to pause and skip for a couple of weeks, you can totally do that. Head to factormeals.com breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com breakup50 to get 50% off off. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the tent between you and someone else, or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby.
1: This episode was a lot about closure. Mm. Ghosting obviously doesn't give you a lot of closure. I think most breakups, you don't really get a lot of closure. Mm-mm. Weirdly enough, I think the only one that gives you closure is if they cheat on you, because then you're just like, okay, they totally screwed up. I'm out. That's like closure in a way, right?
0: Well, if you listen to this podcast, you know for some people cheating is not I know. closure enough. <laughs> I know, but
1: it's but at least like it could be the end. You know, like yeah. there's, a, there's this is the end of the book, there's the last page, boom, it's over. Unless you reopen the book and start writing more pages, <laughs> which is what so, some people So
0: poetic of you, Justin.
1: (laughs) To that point, most relationships, like you, I think you said it on the podcast, you don't Mm -hmm. really get closure and a lot about growing up and being okay with that is accepting that you don't get a lot of closure. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've had, not necessarily from relationships but like arguments with friends or a random interaction with somebody else that you have an argument with. Back in the day, it's like, I would be, for like four days, the argument's still going on in my head, you know what I mean? And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh man, I should have said this, I should have done that. Now it's like, I have the argument, it's like, cool, we had the disagreement, whatever, I don't care.
0: Well, I even think when people have like a pretty normal breakup I don't think people necessarily have closure because mm-hmm. you're still as the months go on you're still grappling with loose ends and feelings that are complicated and yep. gray areas so closure to me I'm like I don't really think anybody ever gets closure back to your point with I think cheating can sometimes make it easier mm-hmm. like when somebody else crosses that threshold of like what you're not willing to put up with in a relationship right that to me is the easiest way to get closure yeah and some people have a higher threshold some people have a lower threshold for me like you look at me the wrong wrong way. It's over. I got closure. I'm done. But if you, you didn't ghost, look at me. If you ghost me, I might cry to a couple Taylor Swift songs after a month or two. Nothing wrong with that. And then try and move on. Something else I wanted to bring up with was the family differences because I could get a very clear picture in my head of like this very buttoned up family mm-hmm. rolling up to their apartment or their house and he's like smoking a blunt mm-hmm. and it's this very tense situation. We talk a lot about family with you. I feel like I don't know. I feel like it's a question I always ask you, but like have you ever really just not gelled with somebody's family or the opposite? Have they not gelled with your family.
1: No, I've for the most part gelled with all the relationships families.
0: Because you're just such a stand-up guy, Justin.
1: No, it's more because I'm a people pleaser. I just don't don't hate me, you know, like, it was probably why. But again, like, I think back to the, the families that I met through the people that I date. They were all really nice. The, like, most tense was my first serious relationship. Her family were all firefighters, and I probably mentioned this before, but they mm. tried to do the whole, like, macho brother thing. I do remember
0: that, yeah. And I was just
1: like, one, I'm a absolute goofball. You can try to be as serious as you want, dude, but, like, it's not gonna work. (laughs) I'm just gonna laugh at you.
0: Yeah, put out your silly little fires and get your little truck. Like, yeah, I don't... (laughs) Yeah,
1: it was fine, and ended up becoming decent friends with a few of them. We don't talk now just because life got in the way, but... So, no, but I get how you can get there, and I know that I specifically like, would go out of my way to make sure that I wasn't unlike.
0: I kind of feel the same way, although there would come a point like, if my boyfriend's mom was trying to pull like a monster-in-law type situation, like, for me, I'm ready to go to battle. Like, I would be like, I mean, my relationships haven't gotten really serious enough to where I've ever been, like, introduced to somebody's mom. It's like their girlfriend. But I will say I dated a guy who was, we had connections. Some of his family members knew who I was. Yeah. And I remember he went to go visit them for two weeks, told them about me, and came back, and, like, the vibe was totally different.
1: Oh, really? I
0: don't really know why those specific (laughs) family members didn't like me. I feel like it's a lot of, like, petty girl BS. Mm. I remember him being like, yeah, I was, like, talking to, you know, you know who about you? And I was Mm -hmm. like. Oh, Uh, good. Yeah. And yeah, the vibes were um, never the same.
1: I'm interested to get your opinion on this because...
0: Oh, oh my gosh, Justin's asking me a question. <laughs>
1: Reverse Uno <laughs> Reverse card. Because you mentioned never got serious enough to mm-hmm. meet the families. Weirdly enough, in all three of my very long-term relationships, I met the families really early. Not because it was like, come meet my family. It was circumstance. Maybe in like a normal situation, it wouldn't have been that early. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what is the earliest that you should be introducing to family.
0: Well, I think it'd be weird if I'm like out to dinner with my family and you happen to be at the bar down the street. I'm not going to like lock my family sure. away and be like, stay you away. You can't see him. Yeah. But I think bringing your significant other to family holidays says something and I think there's a level of seriousness and commitment that should go along with that. Yeah. In my opinion, based off of how I see breakups happen after that, because I had a family member who would bring their girlfriend mm-hmm. to family events and was very very closely integrated with my family. And when that person ended up breaking up with them, mm-hmm. it was incredibly difficult for the entire family to deal with because we thought this was going to be someone who was coming to Christmas for For the next 20, 30, 40 years. For me, I take that very seriously. I'm not going to like gatekeep my family if it's And I think it's more of
1: an emotional timeline. It's not like, uh, oh, you need three weeks or Mm -hmm. this. It's more like where you guys are specifically emotionally to that. I have two examples, like Nicole's family. They go to St. Augustine every year. I had been living down there at the time, so Nicole and I were dating. It was long distance because she had moved home, and so she came down a week early to surprise me I didn't know so I accidentally locked her out which was like a whole nothing but she came down to surprise me and so she stayed with me for a week her family didn't know about me so they didn't know who she was staying with and then the next week she was like oh I'm going to stay with my family if you want to come so it was like I met I mean her whole family cousins aunts uncles grandparents everybody that's where they started calling me tattoo boy but then from the other side someone I dated in college when I brought her home for the holidays which my parents had met her in a school setting because you know the parents' weekend or something like mm-hmm. that. When I brought her home the first time for Christmas, that was the weekend my mom was like, I don't think you should, you two should be dating. It was a weird situation. She had gotten sick. She already kind of had anxiety, in my opinion, about the situation and meeting the family that in that serious of a situation. So like being sick, anxiety didn't help. There were times where she was just like, I just need to go like lay down in bed away from everybody for a few hours. Rubbed my parents the wrong way. Mm-mm. But it was like, you know, I wasn't going to tell her no. I was like, OK, if that's what you need, like go do your thing. I didn't think anything of it. And that's when my mom was like, mm.
0: interesting. Yeah. She was setting a boundary and your parents didn't like it.
1: That and I think my mom has anxiety. So my mom saw a lot of that and she's like, I don't want like I know how hard it's been for me and your father. So like, I don't want you guys to have to go through that. Not yeah. that she didn't want her in general. She just knew the, how tough it can be when you're having like a moment.
0: I think when you bring your parents into the situation, I think it's good and you have to understand like the role that your family plays in your life. Season two, episode one, we talked a lot about this where she was like, the Lesson I learned from this is that I need to listen to my parents more mm-hmm. because they do have a really solid opinion of the people that I'm dating. Yeah. But if you don't have a good relationship with your parents and you know that they're not going to like your significant other no matter what, it might be good to push that off as long as possible.
1: Well, and I would say too, you have to have your family comfortable enough to be able to tell you that stuff because, like, my mom didn't tell me that she thought that until after we broke up. And I was like, well, what the hell? You could have saved me six months. <laughs> so you- like, come on. Yeah,
0: because I know how my family would react to it. That's one of the reasons why, well, I've just never gotten to that point, but also, I just know how. That dynamic is gonna play out, and I'm gonna push it off as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> a couple more things that I want to talk about before we wrap up was moving on after a long-term committed relationship, basically having like rebuild your life, you know, when mm-hmm. you're getting ousted out of your own home and your friend group. Now you are a serial monogamous long-term dater. Have any of those breakups did you ever feel like, oh my gosh, I have to start from square one now?
1: When I moved to college, I was in a long relationship. That was the first one. That was the brother who was a firefighter. When I moved to Flagler, which was a huge move for me coming down from Philly. So I was starting from scratch because I wanted to get out of the Lansdale area. I just wanted to be by the beach. That was the vibes. And so I was starting from scratch, and we were still technically dating, but this was in that like we were not talking as much. It was starting to get (laughs) less and less. And then, like, one Friday night, my friends who had graduated, she was a senior in high school at that point. My friends who had graduated who were going to community college, they all like Skype FaceTimed me on a Friday night. They're all hanging out doing what we used to do in high school school she was there and that was weird because I was like oh all my friends are with you right now Uh, we're cool like we're still dating but like you're all there drinking in the basement you know playing beer pong or whatever mm -hmm. it was and I'm not now I kind of felt like oh all my friends are leaving me and hanging out with her more and then in college we kind of had a similar friend group but when we broke up the friends that she brought into the group and the friends I brought into the group it was just like an even like they just went back to being separate so it kind of worked out fine I
0: mean it makes the situation even more isolating because when you're dealing with those feelings on your own, people can only do so much for you. I struggle with this when my friends are going through something hard, and I say this to them every single time. I'm like, there's nothing I can say to make this better, and right. I feel bad. And you've just got to like sometimes struggle on your own, and then seeing everyone else, it's like the worst FOMO. Like they're mm-hmm. having fun without you, and it's like, I could have been there having fun, and yeah. not, everything's changed. But now. something
1: I've learned as you get older is like the fear of missing the moment is not a thing at all. Before the pandemic, anytime my friends were out at any bar here in Jacksonville, I was like, oh man, I should be there. I got to be there. FOMO. Then pandemic hits, and I say, Home for a while, and I've really enjoyed doing that and hanging out with Nicole. And then it opens up and all my friends are like, We're going out again. And I get out there, I'm like, oh, this is awful. I hate this. (laughs) You know? And I don't mind going out, but I would rather it be a sit-down, quiet, like I'd rather do like the coffee setting chilling more than like Mm. club banging music. Mm -hmm. I can't Mm -hmm. hear anything you're saying. I'm just nodding and trying to read your lips. I would prefer that.
0: I've seen that a lot on TikTok recently where it's the opposite of FOMO. I forget what the new acronym is, but it's like I don't have fear of missing out anymore. I have a fear of not staying home or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think that means that FOMO has gone away. No. I just think when you've had ex- enough experiences to where you're like, I've already done that and I had a lot of fun doing that. I think FOMO is the worst when you're, you know, like 18 and like, yeah. maybe you're not at that college party. You haven't been to enough college parties, so to of course you're going to have FOMO.
1: Yeah, you know, the college party is like, everyone gets there, it's good. Mm-hmm. Everyone starts getting too drunk. One person is really drunk. Yeah. Cops come, everybody runs and then there's like an after cops party. <laughs> like, that's, that's <laughs> <Once> literally it. <laughs>
0: once you have enough of those, you're like, okay, I know what I'm missing out yeah. on. I'm not conjuring up some scenario where I think it's going to be better than it actually is.
1: And I think it helps a little bit when you have somebody else that also is okay staying back like Nicole and I, I like I would much rather stay home and watch whatever Nicole has on Netflix even, <laughs> whatever if, it's, Nicole even if it's Laguna Beach again then go out because like we're hanging out.
0: Final thing I want to end on was at the end of this episode I thought it was very interesting. What's the advice? What's something that helped mm-hmm. you get through? And he was really hanging on to this one phrase where it was just like sometimes you lose. And I think with every breakup or every disappointment in life, there's always one thing you kind of have to cling on that's going to make it feel a little bit better Mm because it sort of like counteracts whatever lie you're telling yourself about the situation. And for him, it was just sometimes you lose. What's been something that you've been able to hang on to, whether it was a disappointment or a breakup or whatever, that has helped you move on from something?
1: I don't know if it's always like sometimes you lose. My thought process of it when he said that was like, you're not always the main character, which Mm. I know a lot of people talk about on social media. Like they joke, like I'm not the main character. Or this is a this is a filler episode or whatever. It's like sometimes you're not not everything's in your control, mm-hmm. even though you want it to be. Relationships, really anything, not always is in your control. You know, as long as you're putting your best effort into whatever that is, if it doesn't go your way, you know, then it wasn't meant to be. Yep. That's usually how I look at it. Back
0: to FOMO. When I go through a disappointment, whether it's a relationship or something, another opportunity that's like passed me by, mm-hmm. it's like if I had gone this route, maybe I would have missed something sure. even better. So yeah. I have like the fear of missing out on something that could happen, and I have to like just build. My myself into that lie that you know a year from now or you start you start
1: thinking of scenarios that could have happened and you're like okay if I did this Mm -hmm. you know go down even and and this is very uh, how many guys listen to this two percent literally two percent so the two percent of guys and I actually you're playing fantasy football I shouldn't assume you'll get this you'll get this you'll understand this when you lose in fantasy football you like look at your bench and you're like okay who did good who could I have played if I put him in I would have scored 19 more points and then I would have been able to win It's like you can't play that you didn't do that so Mm -hmm. that's not an option. It never was an option. If you got a retry, then everybody else would get a retry specifically in fantasy. And then maybe they would make adjustments and you still wouldn't win.
0: Now I've lost uh, most weeks. So oh, yeah. <laughs> no matter what I do, <laughs> apparently I'm going to lose. You
1: should just do a trade. It's the last week to make a trade. So
0: sometimes you lose. That's what we've learned in last week's episode. That's what we're going to learn in this week's episode. Thank you so much, coworker Justin, for chatting about this. Mm-hmm. Make sure you tune in on Tuesday. We're going to have our Thanksgiving special. We'll see you then.